Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. And welcome to another episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. What's happening, everybody? What's up, people? <laughs> it's a, It's been a little bit. We've... Uh, We've had a bunch of stuff going on, and we have. Uh, I hope we hope you liked the uh, the Harry Bluestein Bluestein episode. Right? Yep, that was a little bit different, kind of a change of pace. But now we're back with a uh, standard roundtable episode. Do we get more drinks? Because we did a bunch of drinks for a while there. We did a bunch. We had a bunch of guys and girls coming in here making drinks for us. That was pretty awesome. But uh, all right, so this episode we will have some. Uh, photo shoot talk. I know you guys like that stuff. Uh, you guys like that, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a we had a photo shoot at the wharf. It was pretty awesome. We'll tell you all about it. A little uh, little trip out to Sanibel. I took nice. And then we had a nice uh, PGA Championship. So uh, yeah, I think there's good stuff. And we've got a great cigar we're smoking today. So uh, come right back. Uh, just listen to this quick message from the Jaspy one. All right, take it away, Jasp. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6x60 Grand Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6 by 52 Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida, or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram, at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, and uh, what we're smoking today is the uh, Romeo Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. It is uh, a, the cigar that we used in the photo shoot, one of the cigars we used in the photo shoot. So, so we thought... You know what better cigar to uh, to feature in today's show than the one that we we smoked in the photo shoot? What do you what are your like? Without getting too deep, what do you think about the cigar? Is this something you dig? Is it you know like sometimes a cigar is you you know you'll tell me a lot of times no this is a good cigar it's just not my type. What about this one? Funny you should ask because I mean I've smoked a lot of different variations of the Romeo y Julieta, and this one is uh, on the bolder side. Mm-hmm. If I can remember correctly, no question about it. Uh, and I like it. I like the what I'm getting. Well, what I, we, we smoked it during the shoot, and we're smoking it now. We smoked uh, a bunch of them by now. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of character to it, and it's got a little bit of strength. And yeah, this is right up my alley. Yeah. So we are today. We're smoking it in the Toro, which is a six by fifty four. Uh, the cigar is made in Nicaragua, if you can tell by the name, Romeo Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. It is uh, is a Nicaraguan puro, so it's made in Nicaragua with a Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler tobacco. Uh, it's around the Robusto. I don't know why we only put the Robusto price in our show notes, but it's $8.77 for the Robusto. Toro is probably just a little bit more than that. This particular Romeo Julieta, unlike the original ones, well, we'll get into the history of it, but this one is made at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez, uh, obviously in Nicaragua, in Esteli. So, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you. It it is the not kind of with you, 100% with you. It's it's the one of the bolder uh, iterations of the Romeo Julieta. It's but man, the construction when you look at it, it's a thing of beauty. You look at it, it's just impeccably made, like everything that AJ makes, right? Right. It's just like you can't. I don't. I don't tire of looking at at these cigars and how beautiful they are. He's he's so meticulous with the production of it uh, that it's just it's impressive. Uh, also, Viva La Vida, which is a sponsor of the show, also made at AJ Fernandez. So, 
And and I'm sure Rafael Nodal, who... So we were going to get into that, yeah, right? So yeah, Rafael, who had a lot to do with the creation of this with AJ, so... Absolutely. Rafael, over the years, has developed a great relationship with AJ. And, and they work together and collaborate on a lot of these brands. Uh, and this is, I think, the latest one of those, right? So, the, but to give you like a, just a brief history of the Romeo Julieta brand, obviously everybody knows the Shakespeare play. Um, but this brand was started in, in Cuba in 1875, right? And so this is a brand that for years was known for, for their figurados. And then along came this dude. You may have heard of him, Winston Churchill. I've heard of him. Yeah, and uh, and so he made popular the Romeo Julieta seven by forty eight, which they called Churchill because he di he didn't uh, he just wasn't a big fan of figurados as much as he liked parejos, which are parejos if you don't know are are straight sided cigars. So so the original Churchill was seven. Inches long by 47, some say 47, some say 48, but either, you know, either way, it's not, not a big difference there. But, uh, but the interesting thing about Romeo Julieta is that it, it has this like dual personality, the brand, just like uh, several other brands like Monte Cristo and Partagas and things like that. They have, they have this Cuban version of the brand, which is the original, and it's still being produced today by the Cuban government and distributed by Habanos. And and then there's the non-Cuban side. And so for years, the Romeo Julieta Reserva Real was a Dominican cigar made in La Romana. And it it's, I mean, the best-selling uh, best premium cigar skew in, in, the, in the business, right? Right. So for years, it was between Macanudo and Romeo Julieta Reserva Real, one and two, kind of jostling back and forth. And... And as of late, Romeo Julieta has really dominated uh, that sort of top spot as the best-selling skew in premium uh, premium cigars. So, I mean, living down—sorry to interrupt yeah, you—but yeah. living down here in Miami, I mean, we we have a very big tourist population that comes here, and a lot of first-time smokers, I would say, that just come here and want to take in the whole cigar culture. And when we've experienced it a lot, I mean, we've been in cigar shops on Miami Beach and stuff like that. And when in people Havana, yeah. when people come in and they really not, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of tourists that come in and really are novices at smoking and they're asking for a cigar, they usually ask for these, you know, for the brands that they recognize. And this is definitely one of those brands along with Coiva, Monte Cristo, yep. yeah, all these other ones. So I, I, a lot of times they're, I guess they're asking for these brands thinking they're taking the Cuban. So for years and years and years, they've been getting these Dominican brands. And I think this is a great, like, I don't, I don't want to say that I don't know how to put it, but I don't know if what their expectations level since they're new smokers. But yeah, most of these people don't know. Yeah, but if you're asking for a Romeo Julieta and you're getting this Nicaragua version, you're getting an excellent, excellent cigar. Well, and and that's not to say that the that the other one Real right. is not excellent. It's right, just very right, mild. Right. Right. But and it's Connecticut shade wrapper. And it's by the way, that's the second cigar that we used in the photo shoot. So yeah. the photo shoot was the recept the original Reserva Real, the red label one. And the Reserva Real Nicaragua, the blue one. So the the shoot has this sort of red and blue uh, situation going on. And um, but yeah, this cigar this is more a akin to a Cuban cigar in terms of of the character of it. But in terms of flavors, what are you getting? I I wouldn't con it's peppery, but I wouldn't consider it a very hot red pepper. No, nope, it's it's not. more along the lines maybe like like a a, a black pepper and it's got like some cinnamon to it so it has a little bit of creaminess and it's very nutty um and it has a lot of complexity to it so i, I get some wood um yeah it's it's got uh, a few things going on man i think i think you nailed it uh, in terms of and when i say you nailed it it's not like a, i'm the authority or anything like that it's just that every person has their own palate and sometimes they line up and sometimes they don't and this particular one I think all of the flavors that you talked about are are the flavors that I experienced with this with this particular cigar. Uh, definitely, the wood is there, the pepper is there, but nothing dominates. This is a very well balanced cigar. With, I mean, if it's anything, it's well balanced, right? It is. And so it does have, like I said, that wood, that pepper, that little bit of touch of cinnamon, a little bit of creaminess, 
beautifully made cigar. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I mean, you know, sometimes when we do these photo shoots, we're doing, we're smoking the same cigar over and over to kind of get it to a nice point so that it looks good in the shot. And so just to give you guys a, a, a background, when we're doing the shoot, Ivan and I are usually just nonstop smoking to, to put the cigars in the best possible uh, look and then giving it to the model. And, and so sometimes with a cigar, you can get tired of smoking it all day, all day long. But with this particular cigar, it was just like we finished the shoot and I smoked another one. Yeah. It was like, you know, so this is, uh, which I think speaks a little bit to how clean the cigar is on the palate. It's not a cigar that is overbearing on the palate, even though it has some strength and it has some, it has, it's definitely flavorful. It doesn't, it doesn't dirty your palate. It doesn't blow it out. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of this particular new line of, of, uh, Romeo Julieta. So let me ask you something. So besides the, the cigar pairing very well with both models that we had there. Yeah. What else do you think it pairs good with? In terms of liquor and things like that? Sure. That's a good question. Uh, I think it, I would pair this cigar with a, a traditional uh, scotch. A, uh, I, I think that the oakiness in a, in a traditional like aged scotch, like a single malt, would work very well with this. I think that there's some... Uh, what, what I like to do in a pairing sometimes is, is find one characteristic that is uh, similar, that the two products have in common, and then add on each side, right? So a, a scotch, a single malt scotch, that, that doesn't have that like earthiness or, or the, the, uh, the cinnamon notes or all those other notes, the cigar can bring, and the pepper especially, the cigar brings that side, and then the scotch will bring. They, again, they they both have that oakiness, woodiness in common, but then you know the the scotch will bring some of the other characteristics of the scotch, whether that be that caramelly sweetness or or whatever it is that the that the scotch is bringing. So I think I think it probably pairs, and I haven't tried it, but I think this probably pairs extremely well with the scotch. What yeah. about you? No, I agree. I'm with you. I, I also think that maybe even uh, uh, a good cab would probably stand up to this really nice because again it has that uh commonality in in the oak of of the barrel. Yeah. After a nice ribeye. Listen, it you you almost just you can't mess that up. Right? <laughs> if you if you had a nice ribeye with a good cab and this cigar, I mean I mean lightning may strike after that cuz sure. pretty much perfect night. So uh so anyway, the uh the, we've we've referenced the photo shoot a couple times. So we did uh, you know, this was the first photo shoot we had after the stay in place or quarantine or whatever you want to call it. And so what did you think of it? It was exciting. It was. It was fun to be back out there again and, and, back and working the, with the crew yeah. and, and, and being creative about how we get the shot done and things like that. That was fun. What What do you think the... I mean, we had to go through... It's been a, a very unique shoot just because of the new precautions that we had to follow with yeah. everything No doubt about it, like now. hair, makeup, uh, artist wearing face mask the photographer wearing face so yeah it, it was and us when we weren't smoking a cigar so it was uh it was challenging in a way it was but but at the end of the day at least from my point of view at the end of the day even though it was challenging it, it all like when you distill it all down it was still it was still a photo shoot it's almost like you know with sports you talk about oh you know uh all these things are going on around and you got to wear masks and you got to be social distance. And the thing. But at the end of the day, you got to play. Right? right. And it was the same with the photo shoot. At the end of the day, it was putting a model in the right position with the right attire and the right hair and makeup, the right lighting and the right cigar in her hand. And you could, you can make it happen. So at the end of the day, it felt, I, I sort of got lost in the, in the shoot and just, we started working towards the shoot and I sort of like forgot about the masks and all the stuff. I just, it just became whatever, like your clothes. You know what I mean? Right. So what did you, uh, what did you think of our venue where we shot? So we had some very good uh, resources to work with in this shoot. So our venue was, was beautiful. If, 
If anybody has been to the wharf, we've done a few the cigar. Wharf in Miami. Yeah, the wharf in Miami. We've done a few cigar events there that have been an excellent success. I mean, that place is awesome. It's a great party place. Unfortunately, it's closed now because of the the, the closures down here. So we were able to to secure this location and have it to ourselves. Which yeah, was, thanks to our buddy Tony Guerra. Tony, thanks. We made it happen. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, it was clutch. Uh, and then, but you know, like you just said something. You said uh, you said how we had some. Uh, some good material to work with. I always, I always call it like if the raw material in the shoot is good, uh, your, your likelihood of having a successful shoot is very high. Right. And so we had, uh, Stephanie and Shannon, which were the two models for the day from Wilhelmina models from Wilhelmina. And they were gorgeous and they were professional. They were, they were excellent. They were, they were so good with the cigar. Yeah. Like they held it. Like you didn't even have, we didn't have to give them a, any load of training or anything they were like okay yeah boom. and they were just they were very relaxed with the cigar which is always something that helps sometimes uh when you're telling a model how to do something over and over they kind of you know they'll hold the cigar a little bit stiff and it won't look natural and and these girls it wasn't the case and then again they were gorgeous so they whatever they did it would have been drop dead gorgeous <laughs> i mean I, I can't wait for you guys to see the the shoot we've got we've got some behind the scenes uh video that we'll be posting on youtube once the once the shoot goes live in the issue, and and you gotta check, you gotta pick up the magazine. To we gotta see do it. a little, we gotta do a little contest. Invite one of our listeners out to one of these shoots one day. What do you want to do? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll we'll catch them on the next podcast next, and we'll, next we'll figure it Come out. Up with something. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be exciting. Everybody's always asking what what can they do to attend one of these shoots. So maybe we gotta do a little. Yeah. The, little only, the only challenge is that obviously it's gonna be hard for them to travel down here if they're from out of town but hey we'll, we'll figure that out and you're gonna have to work <laughs> and you're gonna have to hold a light or two <laughs> or a reflector uh and so we also had uh, in addition to shooting at the wharf having the romeo julieta reserva real and reserva real nicaragua having stephanie and shannon we also had a boat it was a, the big boat yeah it was a big boy so it was uh like a like a 54 foot riviera Really? I thought, it was, I thought it was like 60 or something. Whatever. I don't, I don't remember. It was big. I paid for it, but I don't remember <laughs> how big it was. But uh, but beautiful, beautiful boat. I wanted to just like, hey, we still have a, an hour and a half left uh, of what we've paid. Can we go for a spin? But I was so tired at the end of the day. I didn't even want to do that. It was very cool having both those girls on the boat. And then everybody driving by in there and looking over exactly. and saying, Everyone that wow, look at these guys. On the Miami <laughs> River was like... Oh, somebody's doing something right. <laughs> it was like some Dan Blitzerian Dave, type yeah. shit. They were just <laughs> monsters. These two girls were just gorgeous. So, uh, but then, uh, do you remember? Like at the end of the shoot, things got a little hairy because the the hurricane was coming, was yeah. bearing down on us. Yeah, it was. So it was like if if you didn't, you know, if we hadn't had enough uh, sort of obstacles to climb to get this photo shoot done, at the end we had to rush because. Hurricane Isaias looked like it was going to come uh, come into Miami at, at that moment. And then the wharf was picking up all their stuff. They were trying to, like, batten down the hatches. Right. And and then, like, one of the owners of, of the wharf sh showed up, and um, he was in the Bahamas, and he, he came, and he docked right there, and he unloaded his family. He was like, I got to go. I got to get this. It was like, it was and, just nuts. And then in the end, nothing happened. And in the end, yeah. At least down here. And then it, everybody up north got hit. Like, I know my dad in Jersey had a lot of, like, trees fall over and stuff like that. And we were absolutely fine. Like, I, not even my lawn chair moved. <laughs> it was like, yeah, nothing happened at all. So, that was really interesting. Speaking of hurricanes, have you seen, uh, have you seen this Netflix show called Connected? No. It's uh, one of the guys from Radiolab, which is a podcast I like and I listen to all the time. This guy, Latif Nasser, he... Uh, he Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Latif, he, he, uh, he has a show now on, on Netflix called Connected. And in one of the episodes... He talks about this bird, and he meets with a scientist, this bird called the Viri. Jasper, you know about this bird? <laughs> what, do you, what do you know about this, Jasper? Negatory, good buddy. <laughs> so this Viri, it's a tiny bird. It looks like a finch. It's a tiny bird. And uh, the bird has a way 
of like predicting hurt like the intensity of hurricane seasons it's freaking nuts it's like a groundhog bird it is man the the thing the the bird will like it, it nests in like the mid atlantic and then if the hurricane season is going to be very active they ne- they mate they nest they they do everything like fast forward like double time mm-hmm. and then they get out of there cuz they travel down to brazil good spot Good spot, yeah. Right. Uh, they're going from the Mid-Atlantic N- Nice to call, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but they know that they, they can't cross down into Brazil if if it's an active hurricane season. They may they may get swept <laughs> up in a hurricane. J- Jasper, do we have any Brazilian music? Olha que coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça. Bela menina que vem, que passa. For the flight of the very... The flight of the Viri. Oh, I like it. So, so anyway, the and then when it's not uh, an active season, when there's not going to be a bunch of hurricanes, the bird actually just camps out till till later in the year, and it decides, okay, nah, we'll we'll, we'll go down to Brazil whenever we're ready. Hmm. But it's it's pretty cool. The the scientist, I forget what university he's from. The guy studies these Viris, and he puts like these little GPS backpacks on them. He I'm, does. I'm, they I'm, are. Pict- I'm picturing the. Very it looks little. hilarious. It looks like a little little backpack, and uh, and so he's able to track when these birds go down, and and it correlates perfectly with active hurricanes. I, I I don't know. I was fascinated by by the the Viri. I was picturing the Drew Estate uh, backpack. <laughs> nice. nice. Well, it's a little with swag. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little swag backpack. Uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, so after after the photo shoot. Yeah. Forgetting the Viri's for a second. Sure. After the photo shoot, like the very next day, I took off with my family. And so we went on a little trip, and I'll tell you more about it on the other side of this quick ad. So let's come around. Come on back. Do you live under a rock? No? Good. Then you should be subscribed to the best darn cigar magazine around. You can get Cigar Snob Magazine delivered to your doorstep every two months for $18 per year. That's right. Printed, on paper, and delivered by your mail carrier. Every issue is chock full of cigar talk, ratings, insightful stories, spirit and wine pairings, smoking hot senoritas, and much more. It's just 18 pesos for six issues a year. Well, not pesos. You know what I mean. It's $18. Does that tickle your fancy? Well, wait, there's more. Enter the code PODCAST to check out and you'll also receive one of our famous Cigar Snob t-shirts. Trust me, you'll be the envy of your cigar crew. That's right, six issues of Cigar Snob magazine and a badass high-quality t-shirt for just 18 buckaroos. You can't beat that, amigo. Go to CigarSnob.com slash subscribe and make it happen now. Go ahead and pause the podcast and get to it. Offer only good for subscribers in the U.S. and Canada and only while supplies last. All right, so we did the shoot. We met up here the next morning, you and I and Andy, to look over shots and, right. and make a first edit. And then I took off with my family to spend a week in Sanibel. You were in a good mood. I can tell. Oh, my God. That was so good. Yeah. So good. Like, Sanibel... Off to do nothing, gonna chill out. It was. It was a whole lot of just beach and beach and a little bit of pool and then more beach. That's awesome. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice uh, to, to get away from like the, the COVID madness of Miami. It was pretty cool. Uh, Sanibel and, and most of that West Coast, as you remember from when we went to the Rocky, uh, Rocky event, they're, they're much more relaxed. You still have to wear a mask indoors. But they're but they're more like like here in Miami you can't dine in at a restaurant you have to you have to dine out right you have to sit outside tables outside and it's hot as hell right now it sucks uh, but understandably because I'm no 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 I'm not complaining right, about right, it I'm right, just right, saying right. that that's what it is but yeah. no it's Sanibel, it sucks having to actually go out to dinner here right now it does it's awful and I and I feel terrible for the for the restaurant industry right now the hospitality industry is they're struggling but over in Sanibel. There's there's like no density. There's no population density. There's no crazy COVID numbers, and so they're pretty relaxed. You can you walk into the restaurant wearing your mask, 
But then you sit down and take your mask off and eat. Like in many places that are not hot zones. Like Miami's, uh, Miami's kind of like, it's going nuts right now with COVID numbers. So, so anyway, that was, that was great to catch that, like, just to move to the more relaxed situation. And then there's like no one on that island. Like we were on the, on the very south end of the island, right by the lighthouse. And, and there's, there's no one out there. Yeah, I've been there. It's sleepy. It's super sleepy. <laughs> and then it's like right now we're in the middle of turtle season. So so then you like you have to have your lights out by nine o'clock at night. Because so, you're sleeping? No, I mean I was smoking cigars out, out in the in the Lanai, but but that's it. Like there's no there's no crowds, there's no nothing. But what do you mean no lights? You have to turn off and and draw your curtains. Hmm? You ha- yeah, there there can be no lights because you'll 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 confuse the turtles who are coming in to lay their eggs, to bury their eggs. Oh shit! There, I hope there's signs. Well, how do you how do you know these? Do you have to read this on, like on Wikipedia they, before you get there? Like how they, do you? They, how tell, do you? they tell you all about it. They have signs. You know. Yeah, okay. All right. And then you can tell that the lights on the outside of the of the resort uh, that face the ocean, the lights in the front are normal, but the lights that face the ocean are like this like amber color light and it doesn't give off a lot of light. It's basically just so you don't trip over a rock or something. Right. So so anyway, uh smoked a lot of cigars. Yeah, the brightest thing on that beach was your lighter. Was my lighter, yep. <laughs> and my phone every time I looked at it. Other than, like my phone may have confused a couple of, of turtles. <laughs> but uh but dude it was so relaxing. And then uh, my son Matthew and I got to play we got to play golf. Ah, so always taking the clubs on the trips. Oh yeah, love it. We had um, we went out to the dunes, which is a pretty sweet. Uh, it's a short course, but really fun. It's got like seventeen of the eighteen holes are over water, so that was fun. Matthew and I lost a good amount of balls that day, but but it was a really fun round. The funny thing was our tee time was seven fifty. So Matthew and I leave our, our our the resort. We leave at like six thirty to try to get something. Because obviously, no, I'm not gonna wake any. I'm not gonna wake my wife up to make coffee and breakfast, or whatever. So, and if I start making breakfast, I'm gonna wake everybody up. So, I just said, Bobby, oh, don't worry. Let's just go and we'll go find a place to eat. Right, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing open. Nothing open. Like even places that were just open for breakfast weren't open. So I said, all right, well, couldn't find anything open, so we go to the golf course thinking, okay, we can probably grab breakfast at the golf course. Like, their restaurant will be open. I pulled up to the course at 7. This guy comes out. He's like, there's no one out there except for this one guy's car. And he's like, "Uh, can I help you? Uh, Well, I was hoping to, like, maybe uh, eat some breakfast or something because there's nothing open on the eye. He's like, man, there's nobody here. Like, no one here other than me. So... I ain't making you breakfast. Do you know if they had a dress code? They, they, uh, you know, they said that they had a dress code. Uh huh. But then I did see a couple people like wearing relaxed dress code, like a t shirt. So it said everywhere that they had a dress code. Okay. Uh, I just don't know how strong they enforced it. We were dressed like golfers. Those places, I mean, it is so fun to play in a, t- in a t-shirt, and I love playing barefoot. Those little short beach courses that are right by your hotel, they should all not have a dress code. It makes it so much funner. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, so never... rela- it's so relaxed. It's it's a it's a you know it's it's so, it's such a departure from like the regular like all fucking collared up and golf shoes yeah. shit that you usually play and it's usually so tense and you're trying to score good that when you're on vacation and you just want to get out and have a little fun if they just let you play in a t-shirt and freaking however else t-shirt you want and flip-flops yeah and flip great it's so much fun yeah that's cool i never thought of it that way i, I yeah i mean we really we enjoyed ourselves no, it was, yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. was su- it was uh and and the course was in great shape so and they were part of the uh, part of the golf now, golf pass. Yeah. So that so that was good. Uh, so anyway, really good time. If you find yourself in uh, Santa Bar- Santa Bell area, Santa Bar- Santa Bar- uh That course was fun. I uh, I recommend it. it. It like I said, not very long, not terribly difficult. 
uh, so you can you can score well and have a good time and super scenic. I mean, we saw everything from hawks, uh, gators, egrets. We saw all kinds of animals. Fox, turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> uh, no, there was a couple turtles at our hotel and and rabbits. There was tons of rabbits everywhere on the golf course and our hotel. Everywhere you went, there were these little brown rabbits. So um, so anyway, there was another another group of dudes playing golf. We had the PGA Championship this past weekend. First major. How freaking awesome was that? Yeah. Watching competitive golf with a packed field. I loved it. Yeah. Loved, loved, loved it. I, I was working. So we got back from Sanibel uh, on Friday. And so Saturday and Sunday, I was here in the office working. Make up for lost time. And I had the tournament both days. I had it on in the background the whole time. And I loved it. I, th- I thought it was... It was it was shaping up to be such an awesome finish, yeah. And then this kid, t- well, you're the you're the golf expert. Tell me a little bit about what happened there, because it looked it looked like we were gonna have like an eight way playoff. Yeah, there was a lot of guys bunched up there within like a stroke of the lead, so it could it was anybody's anybody's tournament. But uh, a lot of young guys at the at the top of the leaderboard, and I'm and I was thinking with this lack of spectators out there. And I think they mentioned it in the broadcast. Uh, any one of those kids could have won just because there wasn't the amount of pressure that, that usually is at one of these major uh, yes, events. Yes, all that energy, all that pressure. That none of that there was there. Is, there was none of that. These guys were playing like just another college golf match is yep. what it seemed like. But those courses, they're so amazing. That Harding Park, it's a municipal course. And it looks just... You can go out there for 60 bucks and play. Un- Crazy, right? Unbelievable, unbelievable. Those... Freaking courses out there on the West Coast are so awesome, incredible. We need to we need to figure out how to do a story out there on a golf course and go yeah. once yeah. things open back up. Because I, I don't even I, have to play golf. You just put me out there with a beer and a cigar, and let me sit on the one of the decks and just look at the freaking eighteenth hole or whatever, and I'm in heaven. That was awesome. Yeah. No, and the scenery, the scenery there was just amazing. And that like that marine layer that comes in and makes everything foggy. I didn't know this. I didn't know that they. Uh, that the the locals call San Francisco call August foggest in San Francisco because it is so foggy. It was crazy, crazy how foggy. And then these guys are playing now. My dad had like heat stroke this weekend. He it was hot as shit. He was here. working uh, on the yard, whatever, messing around outside, and he really did. I mean, he he had like he got ugly. He got he got heat stroke. In the meantime. You know, Tiger and and Morikawa and all these guys are wearing sweat earmuffs. Freaking Jason Day was wearing ski mittens between holes on Saturday because it was so cold. It was nuts, and, and here we are in Miami getting heat stroke. So, uh, so what'd you think of of Morikawa winning it? He uh, he's a pretty good golfer. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I was impressed by him. I had heard a podcast maybe like two years ago, and I heard some. I believe his name is like Stuart Hagerstad, and he they asked him what young player uh, should we keep an eye on because he had played in one of those like Walker Cups or something like that where you, all these young guys they put together these teams, and he says look out for this guy called Colin Morikawa, and and they were asking him why and and the description that he gave was like so he hits every drive three hundred yards it either goes three yards to the left or three yards to the right. He doesn't miss a green, and every putt he hits, whether it's 10, 20, 30, 40 feet, they all look like they're going in. And I thought to myself, man, that's a great way to play golf. Yeah. It sounds boring, though. It sounds boring. It's not, that's not at all how I like to play. Yeah. I like to play like an aerosol can. All over. I'm all over. And yeah. So, uh, man, that bomb that he hit on that par four. Hit uh, it. 16. Yeah. It was like, okay, then I guess this thing's over. Like, it, it went from. It went from looking like this is going to be awesome, it's going to be a playoff, to like a little bit anticlimactic because he chipped in on 14 to take the lead. And then he thought, okay, but still, he's he's a, a stroke away from everybody else now. And then he hits that bomb on 16 where he drives the green. but Hits it eight feet away. So everybody says, everybody says that that's the shot of the year so far. Well, yeah, and, I, and I agree. But yeah. the shot of the year means nothing if he doesn't sink the sure. eagle putt. Sure, sure, sure. But the and shot is it. the shot is gonna live in infamy. No, it was it was impressive because there was a bunch of guys that that uh, that tested it and tried it, 
and tried it and took because and they kept talking about how oh, it's you know the the risk reward is not that great on it this and that but still once it's coming down to the end you're you're gonna have to do something special with this massive log jam of players right I would have so, I would have had a log jam if I was in that spot <laughs> you would have been part of the log jam yeah no I would have had a log had jam. a log jam <laughs> so then the other funny thing uh, that I thought was interesting was did you because he's not a uh, a heavy guy. He's he's kind of slight. Like 5'8", 170, what? Yeah. Yeah. And so they hand him the Wanamaker trophy. I don't know if anybody stuck around to watch this particular... But again, I was sitting here working, so I had that running in the background. So they hand him the Wanamaker trophy, and it's like, you can tell he's surprised by how heavy it is. And he's like, oh, he's struggling with it, and then he like holds it up with his knee to try to hold it up, and then some photographer... It's like, hold it up, you know, like hoist it up so that we can have this shot of him hoisting up the trophy. And as he goes to pick it up, it was too heavy. And and it, he starts to tilt it backwards, and then the lid falls off. Did you see that? Fumble. That was so good. Yeah. And then, but the but the internet is forever undefeated. Like, an hour later, you remember the episode from The Office where, uh, where Malone drops the chili all over the, where he fumbles the chili? No. Did you see that? No. He, he's talking about how famous his chili is and how he's going to bring the chili for everybody to try. And, and it's his grandmother's recipe and the chili this and the chili that. And he brings this massive pot of chili and he drops it. And pfft, chili all over. Oh. So that episode, they put Morikawa's face on, <laughs> on the, the Office character. It's classic. Look it up if you can, if, if you can find it. But uh, anyway, a lot of fun. I, I loved it. I love live sports. I, I hope... Uh, I hope we can get. I, I think the NFL season is going to happen. Fucking college football. College football. Pull is it out, guys. Pull it out, guys. Come on, you can do it. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm like. I think the Big Ten just announced that. And by the time this episode airs, who knows? Yeah. Uh, what what the other conferences are going to announce? But the Big Ten just announced that they are uh, postponing the season. This is the Big Ten. Some others have canceled it outright. The Big Ten said they're postponing to spring. I think it's a terrible idea playing in spring. Uh, playing a spring football season starts to run into too many other things. The draft becomes a problem, so you're not going to have the best guys playing because they're going to like screw that. The draft is coming up, so I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, but I hope I hope the SEC, the the SEC, and and whoever's left, uh, I guess Pac-12, I think. I hope they get it together and 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 play a season. Yeah. Now, do you think? What do you think about? I know I'm putting it on the spot because we didn't put this in the show notes, but. If they do, if you have like three or four conferences, uh, three of the, let's say three of the power five play. Okay. And they have a, and they have a championship and they have a champion. As, asterisk. Is there a, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's got to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. How are you going to... Yeah, yeah, you didn't have a full field. No. I know. Yeah, that's sucky. It is sucky, but it'd be better to have it than not. Sure. No, no, no. And I'll take the football in spring, too. I, I would too. Of course, I would. But, but to not have it now, which is the time to play football, um, yeah, I think it would hurt. And a team like in our case, like the Hurricanes, you know, I, I think we're in pretty decent shape to have a good season. We got a good quarterback, Homer. I am. <laughs> no question Homer. about it. But uh, I, I, I'd love to see him play. I just don't know what's going to happen. But uh, you know, who else doesn't know what's going to happen? <laughs> Jasper. Who? <laughs> Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's jumping in the water on Shark Week. I don't know. Did you watch this? I heard about it. I heard about it. I didn't watch it either. It's like, it's Iron Mike. Yeah, but he's scared of sharks. So he had to battle his demons and jump in and. Yeah, just like Shaq. Like Shaq did it last year. Then this year he didn't jump in. He jumped in with like a whale shark. Yeah, those don't. Those bite. don't do anything. Those I'll jump in with a whale shark. No problem. Shaq's still bigger than a whale shark. He is freaking huge. But anyway, yeah, you you got you excited at all about Shark Week? I like sharks. Me too. I I'm, I mean, as a kid, uh, up until my junior year of high school, I thought I was going to be a marine biologist. That's what I wanted to do. Oh. So I was big time into this. Yeah. Uh, I even like I came close to to winning uh, a contest where where you got to spend a month at sea on the Calypso. I just missed it. Is that Jacques? You know, is yeah. that Jacques Cousteau's yeah, boat? Yeah, that was Jacques Cousteau's boat. Yeah. Oh wow! Like that would have changed my life completely. 
Wow, that would have been cool. I would have gone down that path for sure. If you spend a month at sea with Jacques Cousteau, sure. No, you're, you're going down that. No, you're yeah, not gonna. Yeah, you're yeah, not gonna yeah. go start a cigar magazine after that. No way. You're a salty dog. You're a salty <laughs> dog at that point. So, so anyway, yeah, that was my thing. So yes, of course, I love sharks. I love sharks. I'm just, I'm big time into it. But year after year of Shark Week, it starts to be. It's it, they, some of the episodes start to be a little bit of a stretch. Let me ask you something. The the whole cage diving thing. What yeah. what are your thoughts on it? In in terms of what I, I mean, in terms of would I do it or yeah, or sure. Would, would you do it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, me too. I, I'm not scared of it. I thought it, I think it would be fun. I've never done it. Uh, I would probably I'd rather do that than jump out of a plane. I don't, I'm not scared of jumping out of a plane. I'm just I just don't find it interesting. Whereas I would really love being like off the cape of like South Africa in a cage and like being around some great whites. However, my dad thinks it's a joke. He's like, that's just a, it's just a show. They come out when they feed the shark. They come up to you, then they leave, and it's just a big prank. He's a jerk like that. I, I know he is. I, I've known him for a long time. Yeah. He has, uh, you know, shattered some of my dreams when I was a kid. Um, but I would find that fun. Me too. Uh, me yeah. too. I don't. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you think it's BS. I don't care what. You're still in the water with something that can fucking tear out a couple of limbs off of you yeah. in a heartbeat. And I'd definitely rather be in a cage than just be in the open water. Forget it. Forget it. Now you're talking nonsense. That, that <laughs> like the guy that that uh, that diver Andy Casagrande, who's on every episode of Shark Week. Uh huh. That guy's got a set on him. He's not in the cage. You're in the cage, and he's filming you from the outside. Oof. That guy's got a set. For sure. A historic set. <laughs> like that is serious shit, man. That guy's that guy's a badass. Tweet us if you've ever been cage diving with sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's do this. Uh, yeah, sure. Tweet us. No, no doubt about it. But let's talk about the cigar. Let's give a quick update here. Where are you, Would you now? You're about halfway done, and I've talked a lot. So you've had a chance to smoke a lot of the cigar. Where are you with it? I think it, we're going back to what you had mentioned of it being a clean smoke. I'm still... I'm, Maybe like two thirds of the way through, and and by the way, we smoked like three cigars today. Yeah, before this one, it's it's very easy on the palate, it's still very enjoyable. It's 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 a it's a great collaboration by by AJ and Rafael Nolan. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, there's no, now, if you're a guy that wants a cigar that like you know changes and does these you know two or three transitions and does all this stuff. That's not it. This is a cigar that tells you right up front what it's going to be, and it continues down that path. Maybe there's a little bit of an intensification of it, uh, and then, and then a little bit of a it comes back down to to the average, and but it's it's the same cigar. Like it doesn't change from these flavor notes to these other flavor notes. It's it's kind of a consistent cigar from beginning to end. But the flavors that it's giving you consistently are excellent. Excellent. They're well balanced. Uh, you know that the, you can tell that the tobacco is aged. The other thing that's interesting is that it's aged to the point. Here's one thing about the cigar. So I like to I like to try and give people, give smokers that are listening to the show, I like to give them something to take away with them. This cigar is a, is not a cigar that you should age. I think most AJs kind of follow this, not not all, but most of them. The way that AJ makes cigars is, for the most part, he wants you to smoke this. When it gets to your store and you buy it out of the box or you buy a box, smoke it. Don't age it. This is a cigar that is ready to smoke now. It will change a little bit with age, but it won't necessarily get better. At least that's that's my experience. These cigars, like I said, if you age them six months to a year, you'll see that it changes because tobacco changes. There's no helping it. it, it it'll change. Uh, but there's no harshness. There's no bitterness. There's no like over-the-top pepperiness that you want to calm down with age. So what you're doing is you're taking a cigar that is already right on point, like smoke now, uh, and you're... You're aging all of it down, and and different characteristics of cigars 
age down or age out at different rates. So it isn't going to get better. It is at its best point right now. So I can vouch for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've tested it a million times with, with cigars that are blended this way. And that's, the, and that's very much the way that AJ blends. He blends for you to smoke now. So if you get the chance to do it, uh, again, Altidus and, and, and Rafael and AJ, nobody's paying for us to say any of this, by the way. Right. I, I always want to make sure that people understand that. Uh, Viva La Vida is paying for that ad. They're sponsoring the show. But, but I'm, I'm telling you these, these thoughts on this cigar and I'm telling you what to do with it only because that's how I feel. So go, if, you, if you see it at the store, it's a Romeo with the blue label. Pick it up and smoke it now. Don't age it. Yeah, it's, uh, I think when we talk about aging, you always want to compare it to, I guess, yeah, wine, wine, wine right? And, and how wine always, for the most part, gets better uh, with aging. However... Sure. I mean, there's an apex and then it goes back down too, right, though. Right. It's just that it's a longer uh, time frame. Correct. Right. Okay. Correct. So I think, yeah, these these are, if we had to compare it to fruit, I think they'd be ripe right now. And uh, anything past that, you're going to lose a little bit too much of it. Yep. Yeah. So I really, uh, I I think this, this cigar is, is definitely worth you going out and, and looking for. Uh, also, obviously, look for the uh, the photo shoot in the upcoming issue. But before you do, let's get uh, one more message from the Jaspy one. Take it away, Jasp. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5 by 54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5 by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida, or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram, at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, so you got our, our cigar update, but we have one more thing to talk about, and that is... You wanted to do some parting recommendations today. We haven't done it in a while. I know, I know, and and I like the way we're doing it now. Where if we have something to recommend, recommend it. If not, yeah, let's not do it. So you had something you wanted to recommend highly. So let's hear it. I watched the movie. You I watched a movie. A movie. Yeah, I don't catch a lot anymore, yeah. especially now with the whole theater thing. Not that I was going a lot before, but. Don't watch a lot of movies, but I'm also not traveling. I, I used to watch my movies on flights. That's and stuff. true. True. So now I, I don't get to do that. Yeah. Even though I've seen a lot of shitty movies on flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least I got to see movies. You know, I get lost in a movie for on a, on a four hour flight. Yeah. So I saw a good one. I saw. Um, oh, God. I can't believe I. Tom. You, I know. No, I know. I was going to. I can tell I, you I what know. it is. I'm sorry. No, it, I was trying to remember Tom Hanks name. <laughs> Okay. But it's Tom Hanks' new movie, Greyhound, where he's a uh, ship uh, ship captain during uh, World War II. It's a uh, he's like the the head battleship protecting a con uh, an envoy going from the United States over, uh, you know, to Europe uh, to go, you know, to go fight World War II. And, and he, it's this whole envoy, and he's protecting this this entire fleet from like German submarines. And uh, it's action-packed. Tense, right? I haven't seen it. Action-packed, great cinematography. Tom Hanks is old, but he's still, you know, he's still good at this. It's If you like those Hunt for Red October type movies. That's exactly what I think of. Yeah. When you're you're describing it, I'm thinking of Hunt for Red October. Yeah, this is is the film for you. And I I love all that shit. So this, this is a great movie. Go out and watch it. I think it's on Apple TV. Apple TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm dying to, to watch it. Uh, well, so, and so since you were in the mood for recommendations, what do you got? I will give you a golf recommendation that I absolutely love. So 
I, I don't go to the gym anymore. I don't do any of that. I don't run anymore. But I do walk the golf course a lot. And so I bought this Rovic RV1S push cart so that I could walk without carrying my clubs. And I got it with a little umbrella stand. Dude, it's awesome. I love that thing. Love it. It's got room for me to put all my crap in it. Cool. And uh, and then the umbrella, like I was playing with this guy on uh, on Sunday. And the guy's like, we were like on the fourth hole. Really, we had just started. And he's like, man, I envy that umbrella. I envy you right now with that umbrella. It's That looks like you're not dying under there. Because it was brutal. Right now, the summer's down here. All you need is out of hand. All you 99, need is, 100, 101. All you need is the Rovic fan to go on the... Uh, oh, <laughs> like a... <laughs> let me not say it. But uh, yes, a fan would be tremendous. But the uh, the Rovic RV1S, pretty awesome. And I got the Rovic brand umbrella to fit into it, which you could put just about any golf umbrella in there. But uh, really awesome. If you like to play and you like to walk it, and you'd like to walk the course for, for the exercise of it, uh, do it. Highly recommend it. Rovic RV1S. Uh, so if you like, so I think that's it, right? I think that's what we got. Yeah, I ain't got no more. Yeah. So if you like this, uh, you like the show, give us five stars, write a review. The reviews definitely help. Uh, why don't we read one? Sure. All right. So this uh, this bit of feedback comes from, I w- I w- I'll protect the guy's uh, identity. But James S. from Ocala, Florida, said, just received my first copy of your magazine and subsequently will not be renewing my other magazines. I could not honestly put it down finding one good article after another. Your presentation is extremely classy with interesting news on the cigar world and beautiful artwork. It's my pleasure sitting outside reading this magazine while I smoke my cigar. Please keep working as hard as you do to keep both the magazine and the podcast going. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. I thought you were protecting his identity. I said James S. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, his right. last name is not S. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but dude, awesome. I, I really appreciate James's uh, his email is no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, thank you, man. That was uh, that was awesome. I hope uh, I hope James. I hope you're listening to this now. Uh, really appreciate it. How about a horn? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, like I said. You know, give us the five stars. Drop us a review. Uh, listen, keep smoking good cigars, right? That's what it's. That's what it's all about. That's what we care about. Tell us what you. Uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Uh, also, check out the YouTube channel. We've got a good amount of new content up there. We've got some uh, cocktail series for the summer. We put one up, and we're about to put up another one. So, uh, so check that stuff out. On YouTube, it's just Cigar Snob, Cigar Snob videos, I think. Or if you just Google Cigar Snob, you'll find us. So anyway, uh, we'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys later. See you. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com/podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms, and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time. Hasta luego.